Hello and welcome to Accessible Theology. My name is Aaron and I'm here with Michael. And our goal is to make the study and application of God's Word accessible to our listeners so that we and you would better love God, know truth, and live accordingly. All right, here we go. We've got uh, Three Minute Theology, Michael and Aaron here. Uh, Michael's stepping into the ring. He has a topic in mind that he really wants. I'm wondering if I maybe just want to fudge the numbers. I don't know. Um, what what number were you looking for? Uh, I don't even know anymore. Uh, we we gotta hold true that we okay. believe everybody's well, <laughs> That is yes, we do, and therefore the lot has landed on number four, glorification. Which hey, that's a great topic. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting that. So yeah. I need to... Yeah, reset my mind here. Okay, okay. You, you take a second. I'll uh, get us ready to read from Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Uh, Michael will be describing, explaining uh, what glorification is and why it matters for believers today. Um, he will, in a word, make it accessible. Uh, that's what we do here at Accessible Theology. Uh, we try to make theology accessible. And the theological topic or idea that we are discussing today is glorification. So I'm going to read from Romans chapter 8, verse 18, and then set Michael off on a journey for three-minute theology. Towards glorification. Towards glorification. <laughs> hey, that is that is the goal here, huh? All right, so Roman. <laughs> well, unless one of us dies in yeah. this episode, yeah. we will not get there. I, or Jesus comes back. But, hey, yes, that would be much better than dying during an episode. But neither here nor there. Romans chapter 8, verses, verse 18 says this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Michael, your timer starts now. All right, so the reason we chose verses like this in Romans 8 to think about glorification, because there's probably nowhere better we could go. Um, <laughs> so glorification is the state we will be in when in heaven we are brought into the fullness of what God has for humanity. Um we know that we are in sin and we're in suffering, as Paul says here. And it's important, I think, maybe to go back to the verse before. He says um, this, that, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So glorification, think about it like this. I think it's so important to see Jesus as the first fruits of glorification to understand mm. what our glorification is going to be like. So yeah. what I would say then is think about when Jesus rose from the dead, he was able to go through these doors randomly. <laughs> like, like yeah. you know, he showed yeah. up to the disciples and we're sure, but he could still eat. It's such a, it's, it's an amazing existence that Jesus had where um, he, he was almost untouchable. He could just disappear from rooms and yeah. then, he, then he floats off into the clouds mm -hmm. and he's mm -hmm. going to come back in like manner. And so what's important though to see is that glorification is the removal of the effects of sin. Now, Jesus, what I was saying is sinful, we believe that when he took on a human body, he suffered in the human body because humanity is under the curse of sin. And Jesus took on flesh. It says in Romans 8, 3, he actually says that for God had done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, 
he condemns sin in the flesh. So we're not saying Jesus was sinful. Please never hear that. Yeah. What we're saying is that Jesus took on a body that was in some ways weak. He needed to sleep. He needed to eat. There's times where he wept. There's 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 these realities that Jesus experienced pain on yeah. this on this earth. And so he experienced even temptation mm. under Satan. And so what we see in glorification though is that that is removed. It's utterly done away with so that as what Paul says that um death is swallowed up by life. Mm. And so that in in heaven then we don't have the calamity and the sufferings and the pain associated with the curse that the world is placed under. As Paul says later in this chapter, he says, the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. I think that the redemption of our body is also speaking of yeah. glorification there, when finally and fully our sin nature is done away with, and we are raised, and just like Christ, when he was raised and he was glorified and now seated at the right hand of God the Father, we will have a glorified body and live in the presence of God, and we will see God as he is. Mm. And that is our... Face to face. All right, so the question that I really want to ask, but is not accessible at all, is okay. about probably what you don't want to talk about at all is Jesus going through walls and whatnot. I'd really like for you to explain to me the metaphysics of that, but <laughs> we're not going to, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, um, no idea. That's, that's a completely different podcast. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I've got so many thoughts um, because this is, this is just such a great topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so where to start? Um, there are some who believe that this process can be completed in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. A, do you believe that? B, what do you say to someone who believes that? Okay. A, no. Uh, <laughs> okay. B, <laughs> B um, Jesus was glorified in this life because he is a first fruits, as First yeah. Corinthians 15 says, <clears throat> points into the great resurrection that is to come he is yeah. called the resurrection of life we don't experience that until we are resurrected yeah um i don't want to get lost in too much like there's a lot you can get lost in the weeds and we're not no longer accessible but what i would say is this actually um i think i think glorification actually does away with an evolutionary theism okay all uh, right this is why i'm going to say that let's hear you out i'll hear you okay if death and sin was in the world before sin happened mm-hmm I've, what does that mean about heaven? I have a problem. Like, so evolutionary theor, uh, theists believe that uh, Jesus, or I'm sorry, that, that God uh, created the world, uh-huh. right? And that there was already sin and death in the world happening naturally okay. before sin happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would maintain that the Bible teaches that sin is the direct, of, uh, that sin brought about yeah. the world's, fallenness and i think paul teaches that strongly in romans 8 here when he says this he says uh the creation itself will be set free but before that he says the creation was subjected to futility not willingly but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption so that bondage and corruption i believe is a direct result of the curse put on the earth once adam sinned and that's why thorns and thistles come that's when death enters the world and so i think that's important to maintain because what we believe is that god is writing all wrong in yeah. glorification that he is so changing 
um, and transforming reality. That is the great Christmas carol, Joy to the World says, as far as the curse mm. is found. Isaac Watts. Yeah, exactly. So he says, as far as the curse is, is found is what Jesus will renew. Yep. And so we believe with all of our hearts then that there we, that heaven will be perfect, that sin will be gone, that all tears will be wiped away, that pain is done, that suffering is over. Why? Because God is restoring us to an even better Eden. So mm. I don't want to believe that in, that inherent to creation is suffering and death. Yeah. So, and I believe that glorification helps us better understand that. Then we believe that because sin brought death in the world, that Jesus conquered death. Yeah. That it, that death is bleeding out now. Yeah. And that when He returns finally to to sever its head, as Paul says in Romans sixteen twenty, that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under yeah. your feet. Yeah. When God does that finally fully in jesus then it says it in first corinthians 15 that we will take on a body incorruptible yep. that that will happen then and so i, I think it's important that we maintain that, yeah. that we will not experience glorification in this life because we're waiting for it to happen after our death and when god makes all things new and i believe that having a biblical understanding of what sin has done to the world and what jesus is doing through his cosmic redemption this mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. why when you see what God is doing, it's so amazing because it's not just Jesus died to save us. That is gloriously true. Amazing. Praise mm. God for it. Yeah. But God is restoring all things, yeah. all things. In Colossians 1, it says that Jesus is reconciling all things, both invisible, which is spiritual, and visible, which is physical. So both yeah. material matter as well as all things spiritual, the immaterial inner soul, all of these things. God is reconciling them in Christ. They'll be glorified in such a way where our sin does not infect and distort and and uh, destroy the good. It doesn't. We're not marred by it anymore. We experience the fullness um, of joy in that. And I think that's the reason we look at verse eighteen in Romans eight two is that it says that the suffering will not compare. And I want you. Mm. I just want to take a moment to think about that with yeah. you, uh, friends. The pain you experience in this life is is great. Mm-hmm. All of us have, whether it's family dysfunction, whether it's physical ailment, um, whether it's challenges with work, finances. There, there are there are there is deep pain in this life, deep suffering. And think about what Paul says: does not compare yeah. to the glorified state we will be in in heaven. So I heard one pastor once say beautifully that the more we hurt the more we hope. And think about it like mm. this. The depths of your despair and pain in this life do not compare to what is to come. So think about the worst thing you've ever gone through and that that doesn't compare to the goodness on the reverse end of what God is going to do in your glorification. And that's powerful to think about that the worst thing we can imagine in this life does not even compare on the reverse end to the glory and the majesty and the goodness of what we will experience in our glorified state. Mm, amen. Uh, we got Michael preaching there, so uh, <laughs> that's that's good. Um, if you need to go back and listen to that again, please do. That that was that was a really helpful explanation, and uh, I mean, it was biblical theology at its finest. Um, and maybe just to 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 boil it down to summarize it. Uh, Death was brought into the world by sin and through the work of Christ that is being reversed. 
and there will come a time where that is fully and finally reversed, and that is glorification. And that is a big deal. So consider that. Think about it, and and hopefully you understand this topic of justification, uh, glorification a little bit better. That was, uh, I said justification because it's leading me to my next question here. Okay. Um, in verse 30 of Romans chapter 8, mm-hmm. it ties into this topic of glorification mm-hmm. where it says, and those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So this is the same idea of of this glorification. This is known as the golden chain of salvation. Um, How do do you read this verse? And and I'm thinking specifically of why are they all past tense? Because isn't glorification something that we're yet looking forward to? Yeah, so... I know what you're getting at there. Okay. There's the common argument that, and I, and I, and, I, and this sounds really good. And I think there's, there's reality to the people say that Paul can look at glorification in the past tense because it's so short, mm-hmm. which that's beautiful. However, I actually, I think that that, that this translation might not be the greatest. Oh. So, so let me, let me explain. This is, this is more accessible. Can, I'm going to try not to yeah, lose. Yeah, I got right. you. I, but yep. in the Greek, that's an aorist tense. Okay. okay? In, in the Greek language, Eris doesn't always have to mean past tense. It can mm-hmm. sometimes, so, so it, it can often be looked at, some would say, in a gnomic way, which means we would translate it predestines, calls, justifies, glorifies. And what he's getting at there, and I think that it, you, you get to the same thing. What he's getting at is that the whole package of our salvation is included in Christ. Yeah. So our, our glorification, our justification, our calling, and our predestining are all ours in Christ moment by moment um, in a completed way. So the aorist tense in Greek talks, it looks at it in a completed kind of sense. Yeah. So I, I don't as much see a past tense argument where I would want to say the glorification is so real, let's talk about past tense. I think what we want to see is that all of this is given in a, the golden chain of redemption is captured in this. It's a packaged deal yeah. given to us together. And in, and this is what Jesus does. That we, when we are in Christ and united to him, we get all of this. This is ours and it's guaranteed because mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Son of God has perfectly fulfilled and purchased uh, these gifts for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that That's so, what, what I was hoping you would say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, so, so you might think, so you just used some Greek words and you ended up with the same argument essentially. Yes, that's usually yeah. what we end up doing in yeah. theology. Yeah. But it's, the difference is that, um, but yeah, we see that these things are ours in Christ and they're sure and they're yeah. Yeah, and, and I, maybe this is a good teaching moment as well, where in in theology, the the conclusion is just as important as the destination. So you can have the right doctrinal conclusion from the wrong text, and that's not great. Yeah, sure, you believe the right thing, but it's not coming from the right text, or you're using the text incorrectly. Um and so I think what Michael just did there was was helped us to see how to how to have both the right conclusion and the right process to arrive at that conclusion, mm-hmm. and ultimately that that this this glorification and all of salvation is bound up in Christ, and that is the only way that any of this is going to happen. Um, so in in terms of of glorification and what is 
yet to come. What do you think the the average everyday Christian um, should be thinking about glorification in terms of um, what benefits are yet to come from it? Okay, yeah. As a normal Christian myself, what mm-hmm. uh, what would I hope in glorification just to come? Yeah, I I believe that what we see in I, I think let me, let me put it this way. Okay, I believe that the goodness of what is to come changes how I live now. The yep. destination of what God's purposes are in heaven reorient my life mm-hmm. now as I await that coming day. So what 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 uh, sec, uh, Peter writes in Second Peter. He says, um, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief and the heavens will pass away with the roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. And he says this, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord? And then he ends this by saying, but according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Mm. So what I want to say is this. I, I don't know what heaven is going to look like, and I'm not even going to try to explain it. I think it's whatever you can imagine, take it times a million, it's better, right? It's greater <laughs> yeah, than yeah. you can imagine. And so I love what the Bible does. That the Bible is earthy, and it doesn't give us these grand visions that we'll never understand. What it does instead in, in places like Second Peter here is he tells us because of the glory that is to come what sort of people are you, are you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? So because of the glory that is to come, reorient your lives and live holy, live mm-hmm. righteously, expecting good. Because we talked on a previous episode about suffering loss and the works that we do that go on before us. Because we'll be glorified, we also believe that we'll receive reward for what we do on this earth. And the glorification that is to come spurs us on to lives of holiness now so what i would say to those of us who are trekking through this earth sojourners and exiles awaiting the return of christ we press on in holiness believing the promise that will be fulfilled when we are glorified mm. that's really good i i um i had a, a tweetable thought that i want to run by you mm-hmm. because it it may not be as good as i think it is <laughs> Usually uh, they aren't. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so glorification. To think of it, um, short, simple. Become what you're becoming. In in this process of mm-hmm. like like sanctification, in in living a holy life, we're we're trying to 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 uh, become what we are going to be mm-hmm. uh, when. We are glorified. Well, I don't know. What do you, you don't seem impressed. So. No, that's good. Okay. <laughs> I, I think that's, I think that's right. a helpful way to look at it. Yeah. yeah we might. Um, yeah, that's. A, I think that's a good way to look at glorification, and then what uh, gives us an impetus now. I think, and we can look on the reverse now, as we've talked about before. We're called to become what we already are in yeah. Christ, because yeah. we already are all these all these things in reality. We are, yeah. and we're experiencing the fullness of the package we talked about that's given yeah. to us in Christ. And yep. so, so yeah, I think that's a, that's a helpful way to look at it. All right. Well. That is our discussion on glorification, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. Um, and it is, it will be the the completion of, of the work of salvation in our lives. And so, as the 
Bible ends as John prays, come Lord Jesus. That is what we are longing for, uh, for this process to be complete. Uh, so until next time, we want to charge you to love God, know truth, and live accordingly. Thank you.